Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, they're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now you fucked up. Bro, you still doing your stand-ups? Yes, sir. I'm doing it tonight. Last one. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm doing it all the time. I've been busy. I was just out in Rochester doing it. Yeah, I see you work. I see you working the planet, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. You I guys know dog, CP. I interview with you and shit. I seen your tweet. I ha- I'm so happy you came on. You guys know CP from Detroit, the comedian. That's my brother. That's Bruce. Yeah. So he. That's my uh, I had him on, and I'm trying to get some shows out. I'm coming out for Bruiser Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Uh, going uh, we get fucked up, buddy. We're getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know what time it is. <laughs> Man, I was just talking to JUS yesterday. He was telling me about your DMT Sundays. I was like, I got to get into that, bro. <laughs> 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 that- <laughs> Yeah. Yo, that uh-huh. shit changed my life. That's the reason I started this podcast. The big grandma say, come on, come on to church, man. <laughs> Had you ever done that shit before? No, no not me. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be to the other side. <laughs> yes, yes. I, but it happened to me off a of dab, <laughs> though. I've been to the ninth dimension off a of dab oh, before they sent me to that place. Yeah. Off a of dab? DMT Sundays for show. Bruiser, oh, yeah. Wolf, you do, man. you do DMT. Oh, shrooms! I just did shrooms and I went to go see. But they know me. I'm the flower power man, man. Yeah, that's nah. I'm shrooms, DMT, weed. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I can dig it. That's it. I can dig it. DMT high is so fast, man. Too fast. That shit like. It, it wears off in like 10 minutes, right, 10, 15 yeah, minutes. You could feel it coming down. So like, I heard you go back to like the womb or some shit. Though. Yeah, for I mean, real. The first time I did it, it was so I did it three days ago and I did this dude and shit that I saw a wolf. It was wild. I saw this wolf face. Actually, I saw a wolf face and that shit. You saw wolf. I saw a wolf face. That shit opened oh. up and I blasted right through. Oh, see, you know what that means? That mean Bruiser Wolf about to take us there. <laughs> <laughs> you better. Do some shit up here when you come up here, bro. They got a little, um, what that little stand-up comedy shit we got here? They got a lot of little comedy houses. Yeah, you should come up here and fry that bitch for us, bro. All right, I will. I'm, I'm going to be coming up for that whole week. Yeah, I'm going to have to introduce you to my man, Comic J. Will. Let y'all talk about that anyway. Well, yeah, uh, I'd love have... to meet him. There's also a dude, Josh Adams, a comedian from Detroit. 
You say what happened? Is Josh Adams from the D? Yeah, there's a comedian Josh Adams from the D who's mad funny. I don't think I met Josh Adams. Is Josh Adams from here? Yeah, I don't Josh Adams. Yeah, I don't think I'm from me. I ain't familiar. You gotta put me here. Oh no, he's hilarious. Yo, you know the uh, you know the video director Kid L. He does shit for like Sada Baby and stuff. That's my boy too. He's hilarious. I'm trying to get him to do stand up. Yeah, I fuck with Kiefer. I'm going to need you to do stand-up. Would you ever do that shit? Man, you know what? I, w- I was considering it once upon a time. I was considering it once upon a time. But I'm like, you know, it's going to be, it's a time and a place for it. You know, I don't have a problem with laughing and joking around. You know, Man, I'm going to have to get you on stage. <laughs> you got to come to a show with me. Uh yeah, I, I got I fuck with you for sure. I I, I I might put my toes in the water and fuck with you. All right, don't make me rap though, because I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> if I go try the bars, you'll be good. <laughs> nah, nah, my voice doesn't work with that shit. It ain't really about the voice; it's about the delivery and the feel, man. Listen, Are you gonna say. ghostwrite my bars? <laughs> If you come fuck with me, I ghostwrite you some shit. <laughs> guarantee you go up. Man, I was talking to JUS yesterday. I didn't realize how long you had been like in it, like in it. And it's you were saying since like ninth grade you were rapping like serious and shit. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um I was one of them kid rappers, you know, um during the time when I had first started rapping, I think like another bad creation was out or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and my first crew that I was in, my uncle created it. It was called the Lollipop Kids. So then, you know, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Lollipop Kids. The Lollipop Kids, bro. What were you rapping my, about with them? <laughs> my It was clean rap. You know, my uncle was my um first, my first person who sat me down to write a rap, trying to um perform for my class in second grade. After uh after the class in second grade, one of my teachers used to let us do a little talent, show your talent, and we can we can end class early and do the little talent show. One of my homeboys had got in front of the class and rapped his brother rap. It was like about being Spider-Man and uh, you know, Marvel characters, I guess. And it was dope. Everybody in the class went crazy. So when I went home that day, I was like, that's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I wanna I wanna rap. Second so grade. Told him I wanted to rap, and he wrote me like a little corn bar rap. I still remember some of the bars in it. Well, you got like, like, kids are on the road playing you other silly suckers like Legos. It was like you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Did he rap seriously, or was he just doing it for you? Um, no, he was a drummer and a percussionist and a keyboardist. He made beats. My dad was a producer and a um engineer too. You know what I'm saying? My dad had a studio. When I was a kid, so him and my aunt, they would always be in the studio having little jam sessions and uh, things of that nature. So I got to peek in as a kid and go play around with the equipment and mess around in the studio as a kid. How old were you in the Lollipop Kids till? <laughs> uh, when the Lollipop Kids dropped, I was in the second grade. So I say I was about eight. All right. I wasn't sure if you were like 16 still wearing like. Candy oh, no, no. I, um, I was 16. I was in cast. I was rated lyrical. I was fully in it then. You were fully. When did you start? To, when did you like take over and start writing your shit and go in like solo? Um, 
to seriously making music, I say my first, um, my first instance. Ooh, let's go back. I, yeah, yeah I wrote a song yesterday. called "The Bombs Are Coming." Back in the day, it was uh, it was probably like ninety three. Damn, you so go by like, Fat Ray so, back then. Huh? You go by no, Fat, I Ray? Fat Ray? No, I went Fat Ray. I was uh, Ray Delirious. I didn't see. I was listening back. I didn't like realize because I was listening to old. I was going back and checking out your music, like two thousand eight and shit. You were on tracks with like you were like still spitting, and then I checked out your albums, the Lunchroom and Perseus, and that's wicked different than like all the other shit. Well, what happened is uh, back in two thousand and four, like two thousand three, circa two thousand four. This was like our lush lounge era for Detroit hip hop. I was just a kid. I was probably like seventeen at the time. Um, Guilty Simpson and DJ Dez took me to record for a mixtape uh, for B.R. Gunner. It was called Dirty District Volume 2. And that was when I was introduced to uh, Young RJ, Black Milk. B.R. Gunner was the group that we were collectively. And um, we created a couple projects um, early on. We did a lot of stuff with Slum Village and Jay Dilla. And um, I actually ended up recording a song with the Dramatics as a kid um, called Something Good. We shot a video for it. It was like um, real big for the city at the time. You know what I mean? So I'm like one of the only rappers other than Snoop that got a record with the Dramatics. With Damn. Them. So that was real big for me. And meeting Jay Dilla, just being a part of the Slum Village thing. <clears throat> How did you and Dilla connect? Um, actually, Dilla reached out to me after recording on the Dirty District. It was during that that time. Um, he actually did a record, a solo record on the Dirty District, and then he did a feature record with me and Black Milk on the Dirty District called Stupid. And that was my first time being introduced, not being introduced to Dilla because I was from the hip-hop shop era, so... Yeah, You know, I, I came from the second hip-hop shop with Hustle Simmons, so he had already, he was very, very big Slum Village fan, huge Slum Village fan, and he um used to praise him all the time when I used to go to the hip-hop shop. So I always had an ear for Dilla. Um, when I got a chance to work with him, I felt like, you know, I had arrived. That was one of the greatest moments of my life, having a record with Jay Dilla. That is you know, insane. That's something that so many people want. Like, as a kid, that was like having a record with Hove. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that still is. If you really like, if you're, if you know what, like, the gay having a trap, a track with Jay Dill is like top of the top. I mean, for Detroit, for yeah. Detroit, it's 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 like uh, I I I can't. It's, it ain't even words that could express how big it is for Detroit. How big mm -hmm. it was for me. And then what made you switch over like styles a little bit to the more like um, like what you did on the lunchroom and stuff? Um, just making a wide array of music like I always record a bunch of stuff like it's really like the beats with me. You know what I mean? When I hear the beat, 
it's like whatever is calling, whatever the beat is calling for, I usually try to do. So the lunch room, <laughs> the lunchroom was actually like me and my homeboys kicking it. How we we would do it was like you know when we was in the lunchroom we used to beat on the tables and and freestyle and bar you to death. You know what I mean? You had to have your best bars in the lunchroom, or it was over for you. So me and JUS got together back in the day. That was me and JUS's baby. The lunchroom people really don't know. My first project was called Bananas. You know what I'm saying? Bananas mm-hmm. Volume One. If you could find that, it's like one of them hidden gems for um, my fans. But, right. but now, I'm gonna have to check that out. From, and that's the gorilla tape. You know what I mean? If you could find the gorilla tape, and then um, that, then after that, me and JUS connected. We put together the lunch room and so forth, so on, up to Perseus. And that, but that's like Perseus is still very different than Santa Barbara. Very different. <laughs> that's like that's what I mean. Because when I was li- I like Santa Barbara's on daily rotation. Like I listened to that all the time. And then when I went back and I listened to Perseus, I was like, oh shit! Like this is more it's like the other th- the other side of Detroit, you know? Right. You know, it's a it's very few guys in the city that get to I say dabble on both sides of the street because. The sound is divided here. You got the street cats and then you got the hip hop cats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like um, the fan base usually goes lingers one way or the other and the artists either linger one way or the other. You know what I mean? But me being born and raised in the city and just being influenced by everything from the east to the west, I've been able to not put... uh, uh, I, what I would call a uh, hindrance on my style per se. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the things experience is on both sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? Cause I've been in the streets and I've been in the backpack spots with the hip hoppers and, 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 and I've been with the dope boys. So it's like it, it, to, to have balance and be in between the two, I got unlimited range of fire for a product you know yeah. what i mean i could go on both sides of the street so it's really never a problem creating with me it's just what are we going to create be the problem <laughs> you know? you told, do, do they not like respect each other the two like the the more street stuff and the backpack stuff or not, do they not at all not, not at all that hard bouncing yeah. in between the two uh, yeah, it's very difficult to do it. You know, I made a couple attempts at it and, you know, it's just very, it's just a very difficult thing to do because both, uh, what you would say, genres live off of they, they artists. <clears throat> so, you know, the artists that's doing the street music, they fully dedicated to it. They don't want to hear no hip hop. They don't want to hear none of that shit. They want to hear something that's going to make the whole shake their ass and you know you can throw money too they want to play music that they could drive fast and you know what i'm saying yeah have bitches around with you know what i'm saying nah for real i understand it but the art of it all is that you have a real consumer on the other side in the hip-hop genre that is a artist 
artistically speaking, that don't care about that uh, superficial type of lifestyle. So they want to hear, you know, um, heavy mental, you know what I mean? Heavy mental, mental, mental content. Well, that was the kind of the battle of Boldy James for a long time, for real. Like he was caught in that. Boldy, one of my closest friends. Like I know the real Boldy James. You know what I'm saying? Like we in the streets and in the rap shit together. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Um, in my world, he never had those problems. See, that's what we. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? It all depends on who you're talking to, mm-hmm. because. Me per se, I'm I'm considered a rapper's rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of fans haven't caught on to me yet, but rappers who rap know who I am. They're very well aware of who I am and what it is that I do. Yeah. And fans of each other's art. But again, Bodie James is one of those artists that is gonna uh, stand the test of times because of his bag that he in. You well, know what who- I mean? Yeah, was to dabble in a artistic bag that's unlimited, you know, with concepts. You know what I mean? In that world, in that kind creature world, that's his. He's he's the lord of that. You know what I'm saying? You can't really. He gonna take you right there to the block with him. No, you know and he's saying? he's doing it for. He's making music for himself, not for. That's why I like. That's why I like your shit. Like that's why I like. Well, I think he for his friends because everybody in his inner circle cut like that the way he talking and what he talking about and how he been rocking for years you know i know his friends so they all cut like that yeah. mafia you know what i'm saying the bully boys they all they all cut like that well that's kind of like the bruiser brigade and griselda have the similar like you said rappers rap but like i don't know it's like care about the content you're making it like Making it Even about the us, art. At the end of the day, we all friends and we all love each other. I know Conway. I met him. I met Benny the Butcher. I love them niggas. Shout you out Conway. At the end of the day, I love it. I love that we able to exist in the same space. Well, it's a respect for the art. Like that's when I talk to them or when I talk to like you or Wolf or Jay. It's a respect for the like the art. And you pulled a lot of the like. What did Jay was the new art? It's a respect for them as people. Like I say, I met Conway. He a real nigga. Like we prayed together. You know what I'm saying? Like I I met I met Benny. You know what I'm saying? At the yeah. time when first emerged, I met Westside Gun. We had one chain on. Like nigga was real. You feel me? Like we wouldn't have talked if he wasn't. Yeah. So the art is secondary to who they was. You know what I'm saying? The energy. They super dope rappers. Yeah. But be a real nigga first. Well, when it's the energy that you give off. I just mean, I don't mean that the art comes first, but I mean a respect. For oh, no, it, no. That it's no, not no, like. My bad. I didn't mean to correct you, but. You no, know, no, no. I totally hear what you're saying, and I feel you. But, like, you know, some people do it for the money. Yeah, because it's just perspective at the end of the day. It's just how you perceive things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's about the energy you give off. Like, that's. If you have good. Like. When I met Khan, like we talked for 45 minutes about comedy, huge comedy fan. Now, like that's how we met, you know, and on some real shit, like the energy's real. Like you're not you're not just going to 
you can tell when someone's faking it on both ends. Oh, no doubt. No fucking doubt. Man, so why you fucking killed that to change subject, the Alchemist track? I was just listening to that right before you jumped on. That shit oh. was insane. Man, you want to know what's crazy? Had I would have, uh, I ain't gonna even say that. No, I'm gonna I'm be no. quiet. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Enjoy it. All right. No, cause at the time, I just thought we was doing another record. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mm. even know that. That was the Alchemist song per se at the time when I did that verse. I oh, was just, really? I was just acting silly. Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you didn't know who you didn't know who he produced it when you heard it. Did you know it was gonna be like a bruiser track altogether? No. Nope. Damn, we you were just, just fucking around. Yeah, and they was like, "Ray, put a verse on this." Damn, you killed that. <clears throat> Thank you, man. Thank you, you man. Like it? Like, Cause that is like that's a good look, but it's a big look. Like, do you like just, it? I mean, we get in a comfortable space when we be recording, bro. So that's all it is. It just sound like you know. I guess it sound like we was having fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you enjoy? Like, are you happy with it? Hell yeah! Like I say, <clears throat> had I would have knew it was for Alchemist, I probably would have went back in another trick bag and, and did the Bruiser Wolf. You know, Wolf killed that shit too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all did for real. No, that's my brother, man. He never ceased to amaze me, man. How Weirdly. did you? So you, everyone says that you were the one, like Jus Wolf. They all said you brought in the like Newser Wolf, as Jus called it. Like you brought everyone in. Was that your vision when like you were doing no, it? Or were you just like, oh, I wanna... for real. that's just how the most I work for real. Like I say, you know, I got a lot of brothers. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew we was always going to be doing something. I just didn't know it was going to be this. Like, Danny, you know what I'm saying? He really, I could, like, Danny is really, like, the priceless piece in this shit because, you know, me, I'm just, you know what I'm saying, the facilitator. Like, I know what we supposed to be doing, but Danny knows how we supposed to be doing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of times shit get lost in the sauce. A lot of artists get lost in the sauce. A lot of ideas get lost in the sauce. A lot of great things get lost in the sauce just because there's so much going on. So, you know, for us to come together the way that we did, I know that was just the most high work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like uh, everything was like perfect. I don't want to say perfect, but... Like I say, I bumped into Bruiser Wolf. I knew he, I knew, I knew once I heard him that we was going to be working together. Where'd you bump into him? Doing a show. You know what I'm saying? I was out doing a show and he was on the show. And um, he was one of the artists that night that stood out to me. And I was like, something told me like, man, you can front on dog or you can go holler at him right now because you, you, you gonna you gonna have to deal with him. You gonna have to holler at him. He That's what him. we were talking about before. Not the like the respect of the art, but you could have been like, nah, fuck it. I'm a. But you were like, nah, I respected his craft and what he brought. 
And now look, no, like I knew, I knew instantly he was one of the ones, and either I was gonna deal with him then, or I was gonna see him again later. And you know what I'm saying? You know how it be with artists when they emerge. You I know, see. I knew he was one of the ones, so that's all that was. I said, man, you know, whatever I could do to help. You know what I mean? I rock with you. Not the Alchemist, the producer, but have you ever read the Alchemist, the book? Um, I ain't never read the book, but I'm familiar with how the story goes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And about the yeah. omens and about like, because you said the most high, like, I feel that I feel like there's a power that guides me and that mm-hmm. I have to, like, follow the path that's put in front of me. If I don't pick up the pieces, like I'm going to yeah. get, as you said, lost. Yeah, I just try to keep it simple. You know what I'm saying? Me, myself, I know what I'm capable of doing. I know who I am. And I'm a creator. So, you know, with my abilities that I have, I know they came from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That was greater than me to produce what I got. Now I'm on the way to be one of the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Because of where I came from. So, you know what I mean? I know... I know the most high is real, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and it's like uh, a lot of people live their whole life to find that out. But I found out early <laughs> that the most high was real. Uh, he not to be played with. So you might want to roll with him and then you straight. When so did you find I, out? You said you found out early. Yeah, I found out early. Because I was in the streets early. I was losing a lot of homeboys early. Like I was surrounded by death at an early age like my all my best friends did and in jail and suffered you know a lot of my people had to suffer for me you know what i'm saying survive not you know not in a um direct way but just you know what i'm saying the lessons that you learn from the people around you help you not make the same mistakes was there a moment though that you did find it yeah, hell yeah, it was a moment when I found it at my lowest point. Yeah, for sure. Being in the dark basement to help you get your shit together. You was, know, being free how old were you? Together. Uh, I had just got out in the world on my own, so I was like 18, 19 years old and up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When my mom trying to be a man and stop, you know, depending on her. And then you found that. 18, 19, getting out in the street with your homeboys as a man and just trying to get things established, you know what I'm saying, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of suffering that come with that. A lot of struggle. And is that what kept you going, Create like creating too? It's just like, because a lot of people do give up on that journey because it's a long one. I can say the hip hop itself kept me going. You know what I'm saying? Just what was always going on with the music kept me intrigued enough to uh, stay out of certain things. You know what I'm saying? And Just then when did you. A lot of shit that I could have been involved in. But you were rapping throughout all of that. Like, you know, in second grade, you're doing the lollipop kids and you're, but that's not. Is that like a like a front almost like we're no, that was just you know what was going on at the time. It was a lot of 
kids involved in the music industry. A lot of young artists was getting signed at the time. Like I mentioned, like another bad creation was on. And um, I think it was like, uh, you know, I just remember a lot of dancing, you know, a lot of dancing in the music, a lot of choreography in the music, big baggy clothes and loud colors. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just being wild, just just trying to stand out, find your creativity. Everybody was like trying to find they, you know what I'm saying? They 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 what they call now your swag or your drip, your style, your sauce. Everybody was just on a different, you know, trying to create the the sauce. When did you find yours? Um, I say I found mine. Probably the first time I hit a doobie. How first old time, you? first time I smoked a joint. It was like the veil was taken off of my eyes on the world for some kind of reason. It was like I honed in for real, and um, I don't know. It was like uh, I I was living in a different world before I smoked the doobie. How old are you? Uh, thirteen. Well, so there was a big like before and after difference of <laughs> taking that hit. Oh, yeah. Once I once I started, once Who I offered it to you or did you roll it up yourself? What was that first time? My cousin Mike was the first one. He actually tricked me the very first time I thought I was smoking and had me and my man smoking oregano. But. <laughs> 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 Uh, he was the first person that I smoked with. He actually had uh, stole a joint from his mom and we put it inside of a Tampa suite. Uh, and um, and then we walked out into this field that was over by the school and we smoked. And I remember after I got high, I didn't want to walk back home. I was like, I can't go home, bro. I can't go home. We got to we got to uh, we got to go somewhere. <laughs> So I just remember walking around the neighborhood scared because I couldn't go home with my cousin. He wasn't even from over there. <laughs> 13 years old. Yeah, 13. Did you keep smoking right after that? No, actually, I stopped and I didn't smoke again until high school, um, probably like 11th grade. What made you pick it back up? Homeboys in high school. Got with my homies in high school. I was always the one that was like, man, don't be smoking no cigarettes. Don't be smoking nothing around me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I ain't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because my, um, you know, because my people smoke cigarettes. So I ain't like that shit. No. Nah. Um. Skipping school, my homies, like I say, 10th, 11th grade, I think we skipped. And um, I remember we went to a little cheap motel, you know what I'm saying? Me, two homegirls, and uh, two of my mans. We met them, met them up at a little sleazy hotel called the Bluebird. Uh, it was Telegraph at the time. We went in this little sleazy hotel. It was The room was so small. And the heat was banging because it was like winter time. So my man rolled up, got the smoke. And as soon as the smoke got in the room, I was getting a contact already. So 
when they asked me if I wanted to hit it, the girls was there. I didn't want to seem like no lame. So I hit it. I hit it. Got high and did the silliest shit I ever did in my life. What'd you do? See, my homeboys to tell the story every fucking time. So we get high. It's my first <laughs> getting high. We in this cheesy motel. I'm thirsty than a motherfucker. There's nothing to drink in the room. But the soda machine is outside the hotel room. It's just on the side of where you check in your room at. It got the, the sodas is right there. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm about to go get a soda. I walk out the hotel room. I'm walking over to the soda machine, put my money in the soda machine. Boom, I'm hitting it. I'm bending down to get my pop. And I look over to my left and the police is coming in the hotel parking lot, the motel parking lot. I'm like, oh, shit, the police. Instantly, you know, it's my first time high, so. Yeah, no. And I'm young, so young dude at the hotel during school hours, high, I'm already, I'm nervous than a motherfucker. So I'm like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here, so. (laughs) Creep around to the side of the building. I let the police come in. They pulled up right behind the car at the room where my man and them was at. So I took off running. I'm running. I'm running up Telegraph. As I'm running and running, I'm noticing that the snow is getting higher and higher and higher the further I'm running. Now I'm looking and I'm stuck, right? And like, <laughs> I'm stuck, like I'm looking on telegraph and it's like just open grass in front of me, but I'm stuck. I done ran all this way, but I'm stuck because I cut in front of the building trying to run to the next building. Yeah. It didn't look that deep. So now I got to turn around and run all the way back. <laughs> I can't keep going for full. It was so up to my waist. <laughs> so I'm turning around. I see the police coming back out and I just jump on the ground, lay down. (laughs) So I'm down on the ground, laying down. I'm like, I hope they don't see me. I hope they keep driving back. I hope they don't see me. So they drive off, drive up Telegraph. I hop up. I start running. I run back to the room, knock on the door. They open the door. Instantly, my man's looking at me. He's like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Bro, get everything. It's time to go. The police was outside. They was right outside behind the car. He's like, man, that's what they do. They making sure ain't nobody came around here stealing nothing or we ain't in no stolen car or (laughs) blase split. Man, dog, they like, why the fuck is you soaking wet, bro? <laughs> and I'm just standing at the door shaking my motherfucking head. Like, man, yeah. get out of here, bro. I ain't never doing this shit again. <laughs> yo, is that where, yo, is that where you got the album cover? You would have thought that. You would have fucking thought that. You would have fucking thought that because that's exactly why I was running. Running in a fucking Snow mountain, no going nowhere fast. Jumping in the snow, <laughs> running in the fucking snow, man, like a fool. 
Wait, so, so those are your first two times smoking. Those are horrible times. <laughs> Did you start after that, bro? bro? My third time was even worse. No. <laughs> what happened there? Yo, with, we're just going over every time you smoke. With same two dudes, bro. Same two dudes. We skipping school again. We back at the same hotel smoking again. <laughs> we leaving the room this time. It's right around Christmas. So everybody fresh got on their fresh Christmas shit. We leaving out the hotel room and it's a dude walking into the complex. And my man say, look at this old Carl Winslow looking ass nigga. So I look at dude, he looked just like Carl Winslow from Family Matters, bro. So I start laughing. I start laughing so hard, bro. That I, I'm in the back seat of the car laughing. Never did this shit happen in my life. I'm high as dog shit, laughing this incredible laugh, and I projectile vomited on both <laughs> of them, all, all in the car on both of them. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, all over your boy, all over your homies, bro. They was traumatized. Why you driving? While you driving, mind you, mind he's driving, bro. And I'm in the back. Laughing so hard, I just started projectile vomiting. So, <laughs> yeah, that was the third time. I dog shit. That was the third time I got hot. Yeah, why did you keep going, bro? And they like, bro, you can't smoke no more, bro. <laughs> you can't smoke no more. I had to get their clothes dry. I had to get their jackets dry clean. All over their Christmas shit. I love I that this forget. started with me asking you. You're like, we changed my life for the better. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. We really saved my life, though. It no, I, no, it saved mine too. But those are three horrible times. Was yeah, the fourth I had a couple time better. In the road. <laughs> was fourth time the charm? It was a couple bumps in the road, but yeah, <laughs> I still, I, I never stopped wanting to be high after that. <laughs> I feel that. I feel the same way. But those, I feel like most people would stop after that shit after vomiting all over their friends' fucking Christmas. Yeah, club. bro. Yeah, bro. That was the most embarrassing shit I ever did to date. Yo, that hotel oh, man, is bad luck. Ant-Man, I apologize. Y'all know I still love y'all, man. I ain't talked to him in years, but that was my, that was my, that was my first two smoking buddies, for real. Damn. You, that hotel, though, they need to burn that to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had one dark-skinned homeboy and one light-skinned homeboy. So they, they were <laughs> Simon and Ant, and they went together like Oreo cookies. <laughs> But, you know what I'm saying? That dude's <laughs> You never done hallucinogens or anything? No, I never actually um done nothing other than weed-based products. Like I uh I judged the cannabis cup for high times. Uh, oh once shit! Really? But yeah, they stuck me with fucking edibles. <laughs> Are you not an <laughs> edible dude? Stuck me with as a fucking edible judge, bro. I had to eat like. 32 random THC items and judge them. Nah, the most bro, I took, I took like 2000 milligrams once and that shit fucked me up. Bro, listen, let me tell you, me and my man sat at the table with this big ass bag for the, all these entries for uh, high times, bro. And I'm like, man, there's no way. I mean, you know, we ain't gonna make fuck it. Let's go. I probably had about 3,000 milligrams of THC in my body, bro. I know how I feel to OD off of THC. 
Nah, bro. I, I thought two thousand was a lot. Adding another thousand on top of that, goddamn. Yeah. yeah, I know how I feel. I know how I feel to OD off of THC. I learned that day. Was that worse than the dab you took that said brought you to the ninth dimension? No, 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 no. That shit, that 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 ninth dimension dab, bro. That shit was the craziest. That shit was crazy, bro. When was that? Not- Listen, I walked into this event. It was like PZ birthday party uh, for um, um, oh shit, M- um, Miss Penny. Miss Penny make this fire medicated Kool Aid, bro. So we went all the way up to Flint, Michigan, the Vehicle City, to this birthday party that she was having for her, and she had PZ performing at it. They had a medical uh Kool Aid fountain. It was a fountain, just pouring out weed Kool-Aid and it was free. <laughs> so we walked in, my man's like, get y'all some Kool-Aid. So we going over to the Kool-Aid. I'm got Kool-Aid. I'm drinking my Kool-Aid. And this this dude, we looking around the room, it's all these people vending cannabis, right? It's this one specific guy, bro. As I'm looking around the room, he looked exactly like Brad Pitt. I never he looked exactly like Brad Pitt. And he was standing under this banner, and it was a sick ass clown face on the banner, and it said Mad Max Extracts on it. And he was just calling me in the party. He kept doing this, like, come on, come on over. So I walked over to him. My homeboys with me. We walked over to a station. I'm like, what's up, man? You keep calling me over here. What you got over here? He's like, man, I got the strongest shit in the building right here. I'm like, man, everybody say that everywhere I go, they say they got the strongest shit in the building. He like, here. Now, I usually don't fuck with the dab rigs, but I had just started dabbing during that time, so yeah. I figured out, you know. So I bend down to do the dab. He put a booger in there, and I'm hitting it. I'm hitting the dab, and I pull up. After, you know, at a certain point, your body will tell you, like, whoa, you got too much smoke in your lungs, Jack. Yeah. So I pull up, like, whoa. Too much smoke. I'm trying to blow the smoke out. And so much smoke was coming out of that breath that when I tried to inhale that second breath, I went to the ninth dimension. I guess all I heard was grab his glasses. And then I was, I was, but I was still in the party. This is what the crazy part was. I was still in the party and I'm hearing the music still. And myself told myself, like, bro, you out your shit. I'm like, no, we chilling. He's like, no, you out your shit. Get back in your shit. And I remember myself looking down at myself on the ground, and I jumped back in my shit, and I popped back in the party. Damn. Are you sure you didn't do DMT, bro? Bro, when no DMT. So what I found out was that it was an electric rig that I hit. Oh. So he really set me up because that electric rig is already piping hot. I guess so. Uh, you know, yeah. It's like big the motherfucking. Uh, somebody told me like, man, that shit was the equivalent of sucking the tailpipe. Like you, you let him play you. So I'm Damn, like, bro. And I was the third person he did that to that day. He was like, number three. I remember hearing that. Fuck like, you, Brad Pitt. Three. <laughs> so he I did that to like three different people at that event that day. Damn, bro. But I never forgot. 
Mad Max extracts. I don't fuck with them. They really, you know, man, they really, they really have you out your whole kit. You know what I'm saying? Nah, for that happened fuck to me recently. Around your friends and wake got, up without your kit. <laughs> I got booked to host this like music and arts festival up in Maine doing comedy and shit. And I was like, uh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I show up to like where the it's being held. It's a hallucinogen and hippie festival. Oh, yeah. Get to it. So I'm like, oh, this is much different than I thought I was going to be. They're like, we got this tea. We got this like special mushroom tea. It's not too strong. But this, <laughs> is, what, <laughs> this is hippies who live up in Maine saying they're not this strong. So I'm getting this tea. It's one of the most. So I'm drinking the whole thing. I'm smoking. I'm high. I finished the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in the woods with no one I know. And I'm tripping <laughs> balls right now. I'm like probably four or five grams of mushrooms. Oh, <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine the horror. See, that's what I'm saying. I'd be scared to get any higher than I really be. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I feel you. you. Get higher than I be, I'm scared of you. Like, but I like to chase that. You, I like to. I've I've never done coke. I've never done pills. But I like to chase that weed dragon heavy. Like I want to get oh, yeah, as no, stoned no, as I can. No doubt. And that's what I'm saying. Like I'd be so high off a of butt. Like if you getting bloated than me, I'm scared of you. You you shouldn't even be want to be that. <laughs> No, DMT is different though. That shit's crazy. Oh That's yeah, true. I, I can imagine how crazy that shit is. That I is wish literally how to turn my motherfucking notifications off. People just calling my shit. I got no problem. The first time I ever did it, I met Buddha. I hit it. I broke through, and I saw Buddha. <laughs> I saw Buddha and he told me to start the podcast and that we're here. Yeah, dog, that's wild. See, my cousin, my cousin scared me away from the shrooms early. My same cousin that gave me the oregano. <laughs> that's your we, drug guy. Yeah, he had a smoking oregano. We thought we was hitting a doobie. We playing Street Fighter in the basement at his crib. Me and my man B Hunt. And he came down like, y'all want to smoke? We smoking. We thinking we getting high. And he, he making a song about bone thugs. We hearing him saying, yeah, hit them ragging now. When I hit them ragging now. And we like, why the fuck you keep saying that, bro? He like, y'all smoking ragging now. <laughs> man, we was about to beat his ass, bro. Yeah. Wait, why we did he scare you blow. off shrooms, though? We thought we was blow. My cousin scared me off of shrooms because when we first started hanging out, so my cousin, he was from the other side. I'm a seven-mile man. So I grew up between Southfield Evergreen. I'm seven-mile. My cousin was from Ferndale. He went to, well, he moved over to Ferndale from the mile. So that was my first experience, like, getting stoned with the white homies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With my cousin. So we went over his homeboy house. They had these shrooms and they was eating shrooms off Doritos. You know what I'm saying? And they asked me like, bro, you want some? I'm like, no, nah, man, I just mess with the weed. He's like, oh, we got a hydro bong, water bong for you. And they broke this sick bong out. It was like in a gallon bucket. And you got to hit the bong and pull it up. And as you pull it up, the smoke rises up, knock you off, knock, knock you the fuck out. Yeah, so... I was fucking with the bong. They was eating Doritos off the shrooms. 
we leave to go to the movies. So we go to see Universal Soldier Part Two. I'll never forget. <clears throat> we sitting in the movie. My cousin like, man, I gotta tell you something, cuz. But you ain't gonna believe me. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. We in the movie. He like, you gotta hear me out, cuz. I gotta tell you some shit. I'm like, what, man? He like, he look at me dead serious in my eyes and say, I am Michael. I said, yeah, you Michael. His name was Michael. I said, you Michael? Yeah. Now shut the fuck up. He's like, no. I'm Michael, the archangel that the Bible speak of, nigga. I said, oh, okay, here we go. I got up in the middle of the movies, grabbed, grabbed him, and snatched him out the movie, bro. Right here. You know what I mean? We had to leave. And he was he was having an um episode on me. Oh, a bad we, trip. We was walking all the way out the theater. He was rambling, crazy shit. Damn. He got in the car. He was rambling, crazy shit, all the way back to the hood. And then when I tried to leave him, he was like, "Don't leave me, cuz like I need you to stay with me. Like I pay you anything. Just like, I'm like I ain't never want to be like that. I couldn't. But no, that's not good. Don't have me like that." That's why I don't fuck with acid anymore. The first time I did it, a kid tried to rob me right as I was peeking. Like right when the acid kicked in, a dude tried to, I was in a store and I walked outside the store because it was too much and a kid tried to rob me. And I just, I just screamed, get away and pushed him and ran off just tripping. And it was like, I could handle I, Then I went to the beach and I laid on my stomach with my face in the sand. And I was like, each piece of sand is another person in a universe. Like, I can never do acid again, bro. <laughs> you said each piece of sand was You laid on a beach. That shit, no. It was in a galaxy of people, bro. <laughs> Just face down in the sand. Like you in the <laughs> snow, bro. <laughs> Danny Brown is the only person who makes me wish, like, maybe I would have experimented a little more as a youth. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because Danny, you know, shit, he be doing, he be doing cool shit when he be, you know, when he be high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm like, damn, but I couldn't pull it off. You know what I'm saying? I would. There's always time to try. Fucking platforms on. Yeah, there's always time to try. <laughs> motor boy. <laughs> Wait, where did the snow idea come from for Santa Barbara then? Zalupers, um. That was in Zalooper's mind after he listened to the album. That's what he sang. Real? Did he know the snow story? No, I, I, we all of that was just a part of what was going on in Zalooper's during that time. He had, um, you know, he he had been selected, you know, to do the album cover, and he waited. You know what I'm saying? A nice amount of time. He knew he had to do it for a while. He waited a nice amount of time. And right before I was getting ready to drop, I got the text from Raffi. Like, he like, Raffi text me like, man, I'm about to send you the album cover. You know what I'm saying? Have an open mind. <laughs> That's all I say. And he sent the text. And I actually, I dug it. When I sent it, I'm like, okay. It took a second to grow on me, but I understood. I'm like, okay, I see what's up. I it's fucked a, with it heavy, that cover. It's a conversation piece. Yeah. It's, it's going to spark 
it's going to spark something different in every, um, in every, you know, uh, every consumer. Yeah. He, man, JUS and Wolf said the exact same things about their covers too. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> they were like day day before it was sent. We loved it, but I had no idea what was gonna happen with it. That's it. That's how it is, though. But that's that. That's kind of you know explains like what you get when you fucking with the loopers. <laughs> Wild <laughs> style. I don't know what you go. It's like fucking with a uh, baby Basquiat or something. Yeah, how can you ask Basquiat to make you an album cover? Like, my so friend, really my friend bought a painting. You definitely can't fucking tell him what to do. You know what I'm saying? You ask Picasso to make you an album cover, you can't tell him what to do. <laughs> no, my friend tried to buy a painting off him and then was like, tried to give him ideas. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, shit. So my friend's commission of painting from him. Oh, no, you ain't about to do that. Oh, John. What how what made you make Santa Barbara then? Because that is very different than all your other albums. I'm glad you asked me that, man. Santa Barbara was my give back to the hip hop community. You know, that was my contribution to. I feel like it was like my debt, my debt paid to hip hop. Um, I feel like I owe Big Proof, I owe Jay Dilla that, I owe Big Proof that. Santa Barbara is the street that I met Big Proof on. He lived on that street. A bunch of other great rappers lived on that street, too. Um, Swifty McVeigh from the Raw Collection, D12. Um, DJ Dez stayed on that street. Slum Village DJ. It was a bunch of great people that I met on Santa Barbara. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, That inspired me. So... Santa Barbara was just my uh, give back to the people who inspired me, to the city that inspired me, and to my uh, friends who was waiting on me to do something concrete. Well, it fits in perfectly with um, God, Goku, Jay-Z, and um, and Dope Game Stupid. Like I like the push of all the projects now. Like It fits in perfect with that. That's crazy, right? And that was like a trick play for me because J, uh, JUS, he mixed and mastered my album. He did it, uh, but, you know, he worked on my project. But my project was done before he is, so. Oh, for real? I go through Jay-Z was something that I didn't even know that he was going to do. You know what I'm saying? He surprised me, and that's one of my best friends. You know what I'm saying? That's like my day, one of my day one homies. Yeah, you know, brother, I would I would say more than anything. My, that's my brother. So when your brother surprised you and it's something great, you know what I'm saying? It that shit, that shit is one of the greatest feelings in the world. You know what I'm saying? And he he wasn't even rapping that much before that. Yeah, because you know what your friends is capable of doing. You know your friends is great the whole time. Nobody trying to hang around with no suckers. I know my brother the greatest. You know what I'm saying? He dropped his shit. It was just confirmation. You know what I'm saying? Fat Ray, keep talking your shit because you're right. Your brother, your friends are great. You are you are a great artist of your own right. You know so, what they say? You're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And that shit's real. Like 
It is 100%. So, you know, I must be. I must be close to the most high. <laughs> Man, that was. I must but, be higher than everybody else. <laughs> so you had had that album done. Yeah. Yeah, I had the album done. Santa Barbara was Before 62? Before TV 62? It wasn't done in the arrangement that the song, in the order that the songs was going to go. But we recorded like 40 records to, uh, Put Santa Barbara together. 40. Damn. Now, are those the records that went on TV 62 or did you record that separately? No, nah, we just we we recorded like 40 records. We submitted them. Uh, Brown was the one who uh, was going to executively coordinate the project. So he just he just wanted the permission to do that. Like, man, just let me, you know, what I'm saying put the arrangements together and put the seasoning on. And that's more than honored that he wanted that task. So, you know what I'm saying? That's really what it was. I submitted the records to Danny and he put the order together and then we just agreed from there. Like, yeah, made slight altercations and then turned it into something great. And that album did turn out great, man. That's Do do you have anything coming? Do you have any albums coming? Hell yeah, I got something coming. And I got the title too, but I ain't going to say it. Damn. Do you know when it's coming? Can you give any of that? Um, I can't. See, you see what we're doing. If you see what we're doing, then you can feel when it's coming. I I know know. exactly what you mean. I know what you mean. You got to put your hands out and you got to go to level two, Super Saiyan, and then you're going to (laughs) understand. Man, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, man, for being so dope, dog, and just being one of the people who care about this shit, man, because we we need y'all the most. Man, that means a lot, and I can't wait for Bruiser Thanksgiving. Are you excited for that this year? Man, hell yeah. I love every year, man. I can't wait till Bruiser Thanksgiving coming around. It's one of my favorite times of year, like, Cause our fans, man, our fans are so fucking unpredictable and so. <laughs> CP so, was um, telling me about the time the girl squirted on stage. Man, so much <laughs> shit. My <laughs> most um, my most crazy memory of Bruiser Thanksgivings out of all eight Bruiser Thanksgiving we had was um, I think it was like Bruiser Thanksgiving was it five? They broke the barricade. In front of the, like, it melt. They warped the barricade like butter, man. For real? Went up in the stage, went up in the air, and it just started folding like butter. <laughs> and it was the craziest shit that I ever seen the crowd do at a show, trying to rush the stage. Damn. The whole barricade, man, bent the metal. I'm excited to see this one, then. <laughs> Hell yeah. And is this the first time you guys are all performing as a group as like the like Wolf, you, JUS, Danny, um, Ahmed, and Zaloopers? Bruiser Thanksgiving will be our second time. Okay. Yeah, we uh we kicked off this year at the L Club with our opening show for Vans, and that was real dope. I heard that looked like a dope event. JUS was telling me about that. Yeah, it was real. It was real dope. I, I had a hell of a time. Our fans had a hell of a time. It was a sold out show. Man. And Bruiser Thanksgiving really been selling out every year. I know. So, I got my ticket just in case. I was like, I don't. I I need to get into that shit. 
This year, we damn near have an unsell outable, if that's a word, event. We at the Russell Industrial Building. So if we sell out the Russell Industrial, then you know what time it is. Like, high time should do that. Damn. I bet you guys will. I bet you guys will. That shit, you guys, some, you're creating something special, and people know that, you know? Yeah. That mean a lot to me, man, that you that you believe in us. We ain't going to let you down, man. It's power to brew, man. We going crazy this shit. We going crazy. I, I appreciate you, for real. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Stay tuned, man. Some real shit coming, son. We're going to kick it, man. Bruce of Thanksgiving is up here. You know what I'm talking about. All right, about. we're kicking it. Man, do you want to uh, plug your shit for people? Just to Yeah, man. Make sure y'all go stream all the whole Bruiser Collective this year, man. We're streaming on all digital platforms. God, Goku, Jay-Z, Santa Barbara, Dope Game, Stupid, Quentin Amar, Noah Project. Make sure you get the loopers. Make sure y'all go get TV 62. Make sure y'all check everything Bruiser, man. We going absolutely nuts. From here on out, you ain't got to worry about nothing but bruising with us. We bruising, for real. Man. So make sure you check that out. And make sure, hey, go check out my earlier projects, too. Go listen to that Perseus project. Go listen to the setup by me and Black Milk. The Dirty District, Volume 2. Listen to Guilty Simpson, Detroit Sun. Check out some, it's some classics from the past that y'all might have missed. It's some jewelry, man. It's some jewelry that y'all might have missed. You Going back enjoy- and listening to all that shit, I, I can't wait. That's all added to my... My guy, yep. Just, uh, yeah, tap Fat Ray in on your Google, on your phone. Don't be ashamed, man. Just see what you find. Man, thank you very and much. I, and I appreciate you guys, and I love y'all. Thanks to all the bruisers out there, man. We we, we still here. We still strong. We're going to keep going strong, man. It's the brigade, man. Brutal forever. And thank you. Peace out, everyone. Routine. <laughs> man, thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome getting to talk for real. Oh man, thank you, sir, man. My uh my high weed stories. <laughs> Dude, I love <laughs> them. We're gonna have to no, I'm gonna sit down with you and we're gonna smoke a lot of weed. I'll see if I bet I bet I can do I bet I was gonna say I bet you'll keep up with me, but I bet I could keep up with you. Oh, we're gonna see, we're gonna see definitely. <laughs> That 2,000 milligrams. We'll, we'll get back to that. I'll up that number. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> All right. Peace, bro. All Have right. a good one. Thanks, man. Peace.